the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Before I go to the phones, I want to finish a little bit more with uh, Mr. Thomas Paine. There are a couple of other elements in this article that I think is um, worthy of your um your attention and then uh, and then you're, you're, you're assessing as to whether or not there are parallels. He just talked about what happens when a crisis occurs and people are not grounded in reality and they're not grounded in truth. This is part of what we've been warning for decades around the invasion of a, um, a Marxist socialist and fundamentally from Russia, if you will, a method of, of, of cont- uh, corrupting a society. It was, again, Yuri Bezmenov who told us plainly back in the late 70s, I believe, that as uh, already an agenda to uh, subvert our country under a fourfold method of propaganda and then demoralization and then chaos and then a process called normalization. And uh, that could be all expanded for sure. But propaganda is the stuff by which lies are told in all kinds of forms and fashion. And unfortunately, you guys know it. It has reached into the deep state, into our politics. We are always uncovering some lie that our government has told us. It might take a decade or two, but we come to discover that they have lied to us. Listen, poor people know this. Again, the folks that come from socialist countries know this. The only people that don't know it are the people that are closest to the deep state are the people that are naive. We know what propaganda is. We know what demoralization is. Our country is corrupted. I mean, almost through and through. This is what the young man from Panama was saying. He saw how that the music had perverted itself so massively. The descent into hellish music has so uh, manifested itself as utterly uh, intolerably, intolerably corrupt right now. Intolerably corrupt. I was talking to some of the young people a couple weeks ago and they said, Pastor, don't don't do it. Don't listen to Nicki Minaj. Don't listen to Carly B. I don't. I don't anyway, so I don't really know. But they said it's not it's not even it's not even possible to have any redeeming components coming out of it. And I thought as the young man from Panama said, I thought how far we have fallen, how hard are our hearts, how blinded are we to the corruption that Yuri Bismanov, the uh, the ex-Russian spy, said was already in America. Get people high, get them loaded, uh, intoxicate them on entertainment, get them distracted from what we're doing in the schools, what we're doing in the uh, political realm, what we're doing in the colleges. Uh, uh, keep them distracted from what we're doing with corrupting your politicians and and getting in the pocket of your politicians. We all see it now, but it's almost it's almost, but it's not. It's all almost too late. And this is what makes Mr. Payne's article so apropos. Let me continue. I want to continue just a space and then we'll open the phone lines. He's now talking about what he experienced 
as he is moving forward in this crisis that's imminently on their shores. He says, crisis sift out the hidden thoughts of a man and hold them up in public to the world. Many a disguised Tory, do you guys know what the word Tory means? T-O-R-Y, has lately shown his head that shall penitently solemnize the curses the day on which the general of the Britain Army, uh, General Lieutenant General Howe, arrived upon the Delawares. Now, this is an interesting statement. You don't get it. I know you have to contextualize this stuff. You know what he just stated? So when the Britain Army hit the shores of Delaware, <clears throat> guess what a lot of people did? They just bowed down and did whatever the general said penitentially solemnizing with curses the day on which how arrived upon the Delawares. Here's what he said, however, and this is so true. You don't negotiate with wicked men because the moment you do, all they're going to do is continue to take more of your rights away. And the way war works in military, they're going to kill you anyway. So you can kiss their butt. You can bend over. You can say, I want to keep my job. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's going to be more and more of tyranny until you're extinguished. Until you're extinguished, and this is what he said the Tories are. He says, I was with the troops at Fort Lee, and I marched with them to the edge of Pennsylvania, and I'm well acquainted with many circumstances which those who live at a distance know but little or nothing of. Now, I love this because what he was saying is, if you live close enough to the war, you can see it's a real war. But if you live too far away, you don't want to believe it exists. And I've been experiencing this for about a year and a half with people. Don't nobody want to believe that we're in this mess right now? No. we're in a, Those of us who are whistleblowers and trying to let you know, hey, it's closer than you thought, are delusional conspiracy theorists. And the folks that live far away from the war <clears throat> are wait, waiting for us to wake up. This is what Mr. Payne was saying. He said, uh, our situation there was exceedingly cramped. He said, the place being a narrow neck of land between the North River and the Hackensack, our forces were inconsiderable, that is small, being not one fourth so great as the General House could bring against us. We had no army at hand to have relieved the garrison. Had we shut ourselves up and stood at our own defense, our ammunition was light, artillery, and the best part of our stores had been removed on the apprehension that Howe would endeavor to penetrate the jerseys, in which case Fort Lee could be of no use to us, for it must occur to every thinking man, whether in the army or not, that these kinds of field forts are only temporary purposes and can be used for nothing long term. He's talking about the strategy of setting up little forts to go out, get goods, ammunitions, and then fight the enemy before he gets inside which is by metaphor what some of us are doing, which is little, uh, little militia, rhetorically, propositionally, theologically, and spiritually trying to warn you before the big battle comes in. And he goes on to say, uh, before the enemy directs his forces against the particular object of such forts and, and are raised and in, in to defend, such was our situation and condition at Fort Lee on the morning of the 20th of November, when an officer arrived with information that the enemy was just with, with 200 boats had landed about seven miles above, uh, above major general Nathaniel Green, who commanded the garrison immediately ordered them under arms and sent express to general Washington. That's George Washington. He wasn't president at the time at the town of Hackensack. 
distant by the way of about six miles. So they were six miles away from this excursion and this conflict. Our first object was to secure the bridge over the Hackensack, which laid up the river between the enemy and us, about six miles from us and three from them. General Washington arrived in about three quarters of an hour, marched at the head of the troop toward the bridge, which place I expected we should have had a brush for. However, they did not choose to dispute it with us. And the greatest part of our troops went over the bridge, the rest over the ferry, except some which passed at a mill on a small creek between the bridge and the ferry and made their way through some marshy grounds up to the town of Hackensack and there passed the river. We brought off as much baggage as the wagons could contain. The rest was lost. The simple object was to bring off the garrison, march them on until they could be strengthened by the Jersey or Pennsylvania militia so as to be enabled to make a stand. We stayed four days at Newark, collected our outposts with some of the Jersey militia and marched out twice to meet, meet the enemy on being informed that they were advancing, though our numbers were greatly inferior to them. Listen to this before I go to the break. General Howe, in my little opinion, committed a great error in generalship in not throwing a body of forces off from Staten Island through Amboy, by which means he might have seized everything we had at Brunswick and intercepted our march into Pennsylvania. But if we believe the power of hell to be limited, and we do, we must likewise believe that their agents are under the same providential control. If we believe that hell is limited, if we believe that God is sovereign and infinite and that he has inexhaustible resources, we must believe that the agents of hell are under God's providential controls. Do you believe that? Or do you say who can make war with the beast? I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. 22. Got a little bit more to read about uh, from our friend Thomas Paine on the War of Independence that they engaged in. And he's <clears throat> getting a bit more intimate now. And we're about to wrap it up. But we'll definitely deal with this segment before we go to the phone lines. Here's he, he's talking about, again, that that very, uh, very tense moment where uh, General Washington came to help them actually uh, stave off the British and here's what he said. There is a natural firmness in some minds. He's talking about General uh, George Washington, which cannot be unlocked by trifles. Now, what he means by that is this. Some people get moved by any little thing, but other people, they're moved, but it takes a lot to move them. Like certain minds are very firm in their positions and they won't act until they get great levels of clarity. They won't be moved to the left or to the right. And so it was for uh, for General Washington. Here's what he says. But which, when unlocked, discovers a cabinet of fortitude. That is, when you can move those men and women who are deep thinkers and have a lot to bring to the table, once you move them to act, you get an absolute avalanche of information, of data, of resources, uh, because they are mountains 
of, uh, of, of help. We'll call it that. That's an Ebenezer principle. And this is how it was. He says, by the time Washington and his men came, well, the whole thing turned around. He says, and I reckoned it among those kind of public blessings, which we do not immediately see that God hath blessed him with the uninterrupted health. He was older, but he was still healthy and given him a mind that can even flourish upon care. Even when he's at a point where he's um, uh, dealing with anxiety, his mind flourishes. I shall conclude this paper with some miscellaneous remarks on the state of our affairs and shall begin with asking the following questions. Why is it that the enemy have left the New England provinces and made these middle ones the seat of war? He's talking about the territory of the New England area. Those of you who know history know exactly what he's talking about. There are areas in the New England territory where the British army chose not to go. They chose not to go there. And he's raising the question, why is that the case? And the answer is easy, he says. Now, listen carefully to this. The New England is not infested with Tories. And we are. He's talking about several of the colonies away from New England. He says New England is not infested with Tories. And so the enemy doesn't rush up on them real quick. New England is not infested with the kind of people that are given to compromise. So the enemy does not rush up on them real quick. Now, watch this. He says, now, I have been tender in raising the cry against these kind of men. I'll I'll give you the interpretation of the Tory in a moment. He says, I've been gentle in raising the cry against these men and used numberless arguments to show them the danger they are in. But it will not do to sacrifice a world either to their folly or to their baseness. Now, notice what he's saying. He tried to reason with them. And tell them, you got some issues here, gentlemen, you need to deal with it. He goes on to say, the period is now arrived in which either they or we must change our sentiments or one or both must fall. And then he explains. And what is a Tory? Good God, what is he? I should not be afraid to go with a hundred wigs. Talking about old, silly leaders, you know, the wigs. I'll leave that to to your development against a thousand Tories. I'd rather go with a hundred Whigs than have a thousand Tories. Old men who are basically state leaders are Whigs. But what are the thousand Tories that he does not want to deal with? Were they to attempt to get into arms? He says, now, if they rush in to put on uniforms and talk about taking up muskets and every other means of war, he says, I'm not going with the Tories. Now, here's his definition. We need to all think about this. Every Tory is a coward. Every Tory is a coward for servile, slavish, self-interested fear is the foundation of Toryism. I want you to hear this now. Because remember, he said he, he was gentle with them for a long time. He was gentle with him. He wasn't berating him because, right, so you, you get people who are cowards and you, can, you, can, you can't reason with them because they're trapped by their emotions and their emotions, their emotions are governed by fear. Fear does not allow you to be encouraged, exhorted, strengthened by principles of faith. It just doesn't. 
He says, the Tory is a coward for servile, slavish, self-interested fear is the foundation of Toryism. And a man under such influence, though he may be cruel. Now watch this. Tories can be mean toward people he has power over, but he's a weak, wimpy individual when it's time to come fight for moral principles. But he never can be brave. Now, I want you to hear that now. <clears throat> a Tory can be cruel. Isn't that remarkable? Uh, our president is cruel. I can tell you that now. He's cruel. I can tell you that now. But before the line of irre irrecoverable separation be drawn between us, see, he's now reasoning whether or not he wants to totally be done with the coward. Let us reason the matter together. Quoting Isaiah 118, he says, your conduct is an invitation to the enemy. When we cower, when we bow down, when we capitulate, when we say, I don't see that. I don't know that. That's your opinion. That's your view. No, lay the evidence out. You are given a God-given mind. You should be able to look at the data, the full data, not just your probed media. The full data. You should look at the full data and then reason through who are the whistleblowers, the tens of thousands of people that are sacrificing their life. What do they get out of this? Like Mr. Weinstein made it very clear. If you can look at a person who's in a position of power, <clears throat> and, and has what is called a perverse incentive behind him, perverse incentive. Find out what that perverse incentive is, and you'll find out whether or not he's a man of integrity, morals, and ethics, or he's a criminal, uh, if you will, in pursuit of his own greedy gain. Get behind Fauci. Get behind our president. Get behind um, all of the whistleblowers from the American frontline doctors and from Dr. McCullough and from uh, Dr. Corey and from Dr. Fleming and from the tens of thousands of doctors who have already confronted the UK and from England. I mean, from India, who has already confronted the World Health Organization. Get behind the president of Brazil, who said it publicly in the U.N. just a few days ago that he was unvaccinated and Brazil is not going to go down this path. Get behind the president of Croatia. He did the same thing. He said, no, we're not going down this path. So don't believe somehow that what you and I are going through here in California is the way the whole world is going. The enemy loves to let you think he's won the war. When all he may have done is won the propaganda war. Been able to get inside your head and tell you what to believe. Stand on your two feet by the grace of God, men and women, and read your Bibles and pray for God to give you revelation and insight into the truth. It's the truth that sets you free. But that truth is painful when we are operating out of a flawed allegiance. This is what Payne is saying. Payne does not want these Tories to leave. He just knows Tories will become Benedict Arnold's when the pressure's on. Oh, is that not so true? I'm going to stop right there. But what I do want to share with you is gbchayward at gmail.com. gbchayward at gmail.com is the way to reach me if you want information, all things COVID. 
we can share it with you uh, information you probably don't have so you can have a fuller view on what's going on. The battles are being won on the ground by good men and women like uh, the uh, sheriff out in San Jose, uh, Mr. Gutierrez, and many other people who have stood up, many other unions who have stood up, teachers unions and firefighter unions and police unions, even in San Francisco, are saying, no, we're not going to come under the tyranny of taking a vaccine. And we're definitely not buying into a vaccine pack. Passport, that will be the end of America. I love America. I love America. You should too, with all of his warts. We need to be saved. There's no doubt about it, but we've got to be free to be saved. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 637 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me look here. Let me see what we've got going on here um, in terms of our calls. All right. We will go to line number one. If line number one is available with AJ from the Bay. AJ, are you there? Give me one second, Jesse. No problem. All right. And while he's doing that, you can let me know when we're on my my brother. Um, He should be there now. Okay. AJ, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Can't hardly hear you. What's going on? Um, not much, Pastor. I'll, I'll talk louder for you. Um, so I'll I just, just get closer to your phone. What's that? I'll just say get closer to your phone. You'll be good. Okay. All right. Can you hear me better now? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, cool. I good to talk to you again, Pastor. Too, I'm listening, too. and I was, you know, my my thoughts were kind of, uh, you know, pricked in in Jeremiah. I was reading um, again how uh, Jeremiah had prophesied. You know the the God's people would be uh, overtaken and carried away, um, you know, by Babylon into Babylon. And so I was wondering, you know, kind of if we're in danger, in your opinion, you know, of some kind of hostile takeover, or maybe like a better question is, um, is this the hostile takeover? You know, that that mental takeover um, while we're you know kind of in this um, the topic of. Uh, the 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 mental war um right. so that was one of my questions right and, uh, no, you know well, every, everybody knows it is everyone knows it is um did you were you able to actually see the see the relevance of the thomas Paine article i shared well i i yeah i did i had some background on thomas Paine, but you you kind of laid it out really really thick and um i'm, I'm still doing some research into it yeah Okay. No. All right. So you didn't hear me read through the crisis. The okay. I just no. I'm, I'm asking you a question. What I did, I haven't taken a phone call for the whole hour and a half until you because I was reading through Thomas Paine's crisis. You weren't able to hear that 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 reading. Oh, I was I was listening in and out because I was uh, I was trying to you know kind of consolidate. I mean, come up with my question. Solid. Okay, got I made it. sure I, it made sense. All right, then, yeah, I'll take another call or two uh, as well while you guys are listening. I'd love to hear from some of you who are new, who have never called before or haven't called in a long time. Please do. one 367 And tell me what you see as some kind of corollary between Thomas Paine's uh, expression of the crisis concerning the Britain, British Army coming up on the shores of New England. I'd love to hear from you. Um, in terms of your question, uh, AJ, everybody's worried about this 
who's worried about our nation and whose eyes are open to what's been going on for decades in our country. It's really interesting. You can sense if you if you want to just do just a kind of mental trans telepathy back to the 60s when uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X were like the bullseye uh, uh, persons, particularly for the African-American community, when they were whistleblowing about the behavior of the CIA and the FBI and our government and its cruel uh, uh, you know, uh, behavior and unconstitutional behavior towards the American citizens. You can sense during that time, I was, I was young, I, w- I was alive, I was young, I remember that era. During that time, black people, at least black people, because there was what was called at that time an existential threat. There was not peace as an overarching experience for all people. There was not freedom. There was not respect. There was not equality of personhood. There were all kinds of tensions with all kinds of struggles and all kinds of barriers. And those same things are occurring again now, only this is not even about ethnicity because this is about, as I stated, and I'm going to quote that article again before I close, this is about a religious, pseudo-religious help uh, global health agenda trapping everybody, putting us in one or two categories, clean or unclean. And that's an extremely volatile and precarious place to be because we're dealing with propositions about something you cannot see, such as a virus. And we're being trapped by a false savior that cannot save, such as a vaccine. But we're being told that we've got to believe that it saves even if we take 500 jabs. And so, yeah, people are apprehensive. Everybody I talk to is apprehensive. But here's the problem. The playbook has the playbook since the election of Joe Biden has been that the uh, powerful media is serving again as the Pravda of our country and shutting down free speech and suppressing information and silencing and counseling people uh, to precondition us to wipe people out. Now, see, people need to be speaking up now and having conversations about it everywhere now because we're being normalized in people disappearing. We're being normalized in the sense that, you know, it will be normal down the line. You won't hear my voice. I won't be on the radio. Uh, there will be a way to shut down anybody that's that's dissenting. If the people of God, if the people of this nation don't exercise the freedom to say, hey, I, I disagree with you. Uh, I do not believe that the, the masks actually work. In fact, to overwear them is to create more harm to your body. I believe that that is a wrong method. I think that the vaccines need to be stopped because they're doing more harm than good. OK, that's contrary to the uh, to the main media narrative. But am I not a free man or woman or child in America or am I in Maoist China? Am I in Pravda, Russia? Am I in uh, any of the socialist central countries? of of, uh, Central America? Am I, uh, you know, under the older, uh, more Italian, uh, Stalin-Lenin type of uh, oppressive uh, totalitarian systems? Are are we still, are we not still in a free country where we can have discourse on these things? So right now, it is a psychological warfare, but it is also very tangible, uh, uh, very tangible, AJ, as you know, because like I can't go to any restaurant or any ball game. I can't go get on any plane without 
uh, showing my papers without showing my vaccine uh, certificate. And, and we've been talking about this for years. And here it is now. So a lot of people are going to be paralyzed in submitting to it and uh, and normalized in the tyranny of what Mr. Payne called the Tories, the cowards. That's human nature, man. This is why Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 24. Hey, do not let men deceive you. They are going to take you up into the synagogues and beat you. Family is going to betray you. Family is going to separate from you. Family is going to isolate you. Family is going to punish you. Remember the blind man in John 9, just because Jesus healed him, he was kicked out of the synagogues and his own parents were scared to tell the truth about who healed him. This is human nature, man. This is human nature. And the enemy knows how to divide us and keep us scared and keep us from talking. And what pain is doing is what I'm trying to do, AJ. Pain said they're not here yet. They're close, but they're not here yet. We can still win this thing. All we need to do is fight. And I didn't share the other part of the article. One man standing outside of his pub with his little child between his legs said, I want peace in my time. I just want peace in my time. Here, the Brits were on the shore to take over that man's village. He got his child between his legs crying peace instead of saying, I will die so my child can have peace. I will die so my child can have peace, so my child can have freedom. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is what I've been saying to us for a year and a half at Grace. I, you know, I'm not a fool. I'm not ignorant. I'm not blind. I'm not dumb. I'm not an extremist. No one will ever be able to legitimately condemn me for that. I'm rational. I'm reasonable. I'm thoughtful. Uh, but I'm not duped by government. I, I've been betrayed by my government before. I'm a black man. I know what that's like. I know propaganda. I know I know manipulation. I know reverse psychology. I just do. And uh, we got to we got to come together and reason. You can't just tell me what to believe. And uh, and that has to be true for all of us, white, black, yellow, brown, all my brothers and sisters who believe in freedom. You're marked. But if we stand up now, we can stave off this uh, Chinese totalitarian total surveillance state uh, vaccine passport tracking system that will determine whether or not you you live or not it's happening there all people have to do is do the research look thank you for the call um we'll get through this don't fear walk in faith but we do have to face the dragon if we're gonna win no sticking your head in the sand i'll be right back and now back to lifeline Line number one and talk with Rochelle in Fairfield. Rochelle in Fairfield, are you there? Say that again. I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. Rochelle in Fairfield, are you there? Oh. Hi, Rochelle. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for this. Uh, broadcast this evening. Thank you for taking the stand against all of this and exposing it and educating the people. I have a quick and easy thing that I think people, you mentioned the beast, and I've been saying for the last, I don't know, couple months, starve the beast. Don't fund them. Take your money away. Take your children out of public schools. 
people that are being threatened um, to be terminated. Start building a community within your community. If you have to look at the the Amish model or just start patronizing, um, get out of the system as much as you can. Get off digital currency. Start using cash. If we starve the beast of time, talent, treasure, knowledge, all the gifts that God has given to us, their system will not be able to survive. They need the people more than the people need them. But the people are afraid, and they don't want to give up conveniences. They want to go on vacation. They want to do all this stuff. The time has passed for that. These are hard days and hard decisions. And I say starve the beast of the time, talent, treasure that God has placed inside of every one of us and our money as well. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, and But that's going to take a little bit more of a strategic approach because you're asking people who need to learn how to extricate themselves from carnal securities and then need to learn how to reevaluate their priorities in ways in which they can understand what it means to operate out of new paradigms. That is not easy. We're still and uh, we're still trapped largely by a mental captivity and mental enslavement to the pleasures and the comforts and the conveniences of the system. It will it will it will take a little bit more pressure. It, what you said is fine, but I can tell you it's going to take quite a bit more pressure before that particular option even is appealing. They would much rather do like the Tory in uh, Thomas Paine's exhortation, who's just sitting in his little business with his daughter and saying, I just want peace, even though the British army are already coming. So what you're saying, people have been saying for decades and upon decades upon decades, it has to be done incrementally, but I don't think that is going to even require that if people actually employ the legitimate constitutional tools to begin turning back. And that would be another conversation I'd be glad to have with you. I don't think that we need to um, just automatically make that kind of move. It's too complicated, by the way. It's just too complicated for a lot of people that I care about and love who don't have those resources to make that automatic shift, but I would definitely recommend it for people who do. People who have the freedom to actually join in parallel societies in order to begin to work together and uh, extricate themselves from this beast system, they should. This is what happens with people who come over here from other countries. They don't full wholesale enter into allegiance with this system. Um, And so you're right about that. And what we're going to learn in short order is that the the public school system is absolutely totally corrupt and you got to get out. Uh, you're right. We are paying for all of this captivity. We are paying for this bondage. We're paying for this control. We're paying for this delusion. There's no doubt about it. Um, but it is much more complex than a single individual walking out and doing something else. So we do have to pray. Uh, thank you for the call. Thank you for listening. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. I'm going to just share with you just a bit in preparation for closing the damnable doctrine of vaccine salvation. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The false faith confession of the new religion is that it's hope. The things hoped for is a vaccine to save the world. And the evidence of things not seen is the evidence of this new religion suggesting a virus that cannot be seen. And indeed, so far, no one has seen it. 
And while we're waiting for a savior vaccine to extinguish a virus that we cannot see, we're being called as its elect sheep to take the jab of faith. Those who take the jab are free to enjoy the commonwealth of the beast kingdom. They may buy and sell. They may go to and fro. They may have access to the pleasures and prosperities of the kingdom. However, there is a condition on this salvation. It's conditional for sure for material substance for which they must return to the altar again and again and take the jab of faith as frequently as the priesthood of the global health religious decrees. This is a works religion with no end. This new vaccine gospel mandate is separating the sheep from the goats. The sheep are corralled into the pen of economic approval and secular freedoms having been marked out by a vaccine passport tracking system that determines how those freedoms function. Clothed in a robe of false righteousness, reduced to a porous mask over their mouth because that symbolizes that you are clean and you can come in. But the sin virus is supposed to be coming from our mouth, they say, apparently, at all times. Therefore, you must wear your covering almost everywhere. And to not wear it exposes you to be in danger of damnation. Do you see the religious component here? GBC at Hayward, gbchayward at gmail.com. If you want to get information as to what we're dealing with, gbchayward at gmail.com. Or join us Wednesday at 5.30, live stream at grace-bible.com, our Grace Bible Church, as we talk more about the false and facts, falsehood and facts of this uh, COVID and vaccine agenda. Uh, People all over the nation are having the conversation. If you don't know, you can know. Whatever you do, don't stick your head in the sand. You are a free man and free woman. You're a child of the living God. Nobody can force you to take a shot. If you do, you will have done it of your own free will. I guarantee you that. But we say what we say because we love you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.